Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. We're going to have Pastor Peter come up. He's going to share the word. I think he's got something great to share with us. How many are excited to hear the word? Awesome. Okay. Okay, good morning, church. So I'm moving up in the tech world here, and I'm going to... First time I've come up with my uh, laptop. So if anything goes wrong, well, God only knows from there where we're going. So, But uh, that's right, yeah, I can call on my wife. She's my, she's my tech uh, person in our house. So anyways, well, let's just open with a word of prayer and uh, get right into the word this morning. Father, we, again, we just come to you, and we just bless you. We just thank you. You are such an awesome father. And, uh, Lord, we're all here. We're all gathered together because you have given us fathers. And, Lord, we just want to thank you that, above all else, that you're a heavenly father. And so, Lord, just thank you for being here for us in our lives. And we just, we, God, in all the acknowledgement today, we just want to give you thanks because you are such an awesome father. So we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, I realize, you know, as... I come before you today that, that we've all had different experiences in, in terms of our fathers. You know, we've, we've all, some, some of it's been good experience, some of it's been bad experience, and in some sense, there's probably been some who haven't really even had a father, like Owen was saying earlier, right? Some people have gone through life and haven't really had a father figure in their life. But, um, you know, I just want to say as I start out, you know, and we're all familiar with John 3.16, for God, for God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that is something that no matter what our past experience is, thank you, Judy, that no matter um, what our past experience is, that's all, we all have that as an anchor. We all have that as a cornerstone in our journey of life. And that is always uh, the draw that each of us have, you know, in our experience and, and that changes our whole reinterpretation and experience, if you will, with our earthly fathers. Amen? So we're just here to bless and and honor God and what he's done in our lives. You know, Jesus said towards the end of his ministry in John 17, and he's praying for his disciples, but uh, he says, all of those that you've given to me, I have kept. And you know, I really believe that's one of the great highest callings that we have as fathers, is that those that God has given to us, we have kept them because we all know that there's a world out there that is looking to devour, you know, because the enemy uh, is working through people who don't have a love for God, who don't have a love for Jesus. You know, he, he works through those people. He, he, he seeks to devour. He seeks to infiltrate our lives, infiltrate our homes, and, and to tear down. But, you know, that was whole, Jesus' whole ministry was to keep those that the Father had given him. And that is the great call that we have as fathers, to keep those that God has given to us. Uh, if you find me going a little bit faster as I, I move along here, it's because I do want to do a little bit of panel towards the end, so I want to make sure I give some time. And <clears throat> I've, uh, I've prepped a couple of guys um, on that that are going to help me out with that. And the reason we want to protect um, our children is because God's given them to us to be a blessing, not just to us, but to the world around us, to people around us. And, you know, my father uh, passed away this coming November. My father passed away quite suddenly uh, five years ago. And I forget, it might have been just the day before he, he passed away or that next day. And I remember I was just, you know, seeking God and spending some time alone. I was standing beside a cornfield and 
as I had mentioned, it was in it was in November that Dad passed away, and so the the corn stalks were already dead. They were lying there. <clears throat> if you've ever gone past a field and you see the greens gone out of it, so just that dead stalk standing there, and the corn cobs are are hanging there on the plant, but they're it's all drooped down. So, and it's like I was there praying, and and the Lord said to me, He said, "That's like your father." The life has gone out of him, but there's a lot of fruit there hanging there waiting to be harvested. And you know, that is so true for each one of us is as fathers, there's a fruit that we're producing. And as fathers, we're not going to harvest all that fruit. You know, as fathers, we are preparing our children to be the ones who are going to harvest some of that fruit. And so that was just a real encouragement to me that day. Um, and just seeing my father passing and and so, yeah, we just, we, we, want, we want to be uh, fathers who are giving ourselves uh, to that end. Uh, it was pretty cool how Pastor Travis started out uh, going through, you know, how we have values here in our church, and we have that acronym of riches, which you've already gone, so I'm not going to test you on it. But I really felt to put my message uh, in that acronym of, you know, relationship, innovation, character, honor, excellence, and uh, servant leadership. And so it's just a few things. In my own walk, in my own study, uh, that I would just like to share with you this morning. First John chapter 2, verse 1, it says that if any of us sins, we have an advocate with the Father. You know, and that's so, it's so cool, it's so amazing that, you know, our Heavenly Father provided a way of reconciliation. And for fathers, I recognize too, that's something I have to do. I always have to provide a place, a way of reconciliation in my walk and in my relationships with others. And so that's something that, uh, in regards to relationship, that I want to pass on to my children. I want them to know that if there's any difference that ever comes between us, that there, there's an avenue of reconciliation. And I want to pass that on it to them too. Like, as they're walking out relationships, as, as they're growing and as I'm teaching them, that there's a way of reconciliation. There might be standards that we set up, and I might say, you know, you've lost that privilege or whatever, but there's a way that you can regain it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to close my heart. I'm not going to shut my heart off to you. And it's so important that in relationship that we pass that on uh, to our children. You know, my dad, there was one time when I was probably 10 or 11, and my mom always used to take oranges and she would quarter them and she'd wrap them in tinfoil and send them to school with us in our lunches. And so I had this piece of tinfoil when I came home and I got in some sort of argument with my uh, oldest brother. And it didn't happen very often, of course. And so anyways, I took this piece of tinfoil and I threw it at him in the midst of our argument. It hit him right in the eye and he went off crying. And so my dad came to me and said, you know, listen, you need to go to your brother and tell him you're sorry, you know, ask for forgiveness. And so here in, in my life, you know, as a young man, my father is imparting to me the need to go to make it right, to, to ask for forgiveness and seek forgiveness. And so I did that. And, and then that night, and my father hadn't asked this of me, but I just thought, you know, I've asked my brother for forgiveness. I probably should ask God for forgiveness. And so before I, I went to bed that night, I just kind of knelt down beside my bed, and I said, you know, God, just forgive me for what I did to my brother. And it was so, I had such a peace come over me in that room that night. And I went on from that point in my life and did lots of other stupid and foolish things, <laughs> but I never forgot that. I never forgot that peace that I experienced. And I think... 
when those things go on in our lives or in children's lives, and I'm sure there's different areas where you've had that too, it's like God marks you somehow. You know, it, you always remember that. You always, from time to time, you draw on that. You think back on that. And, uh, and that's just something that as we're imparting to our kids that, uh, that we can help them to be able to draw on those moments. Um, my dad was also a big encourager of community. And my dad was involved as a, on the Sunday, or sorry, he was involved on the school board. He was involved as a Sunday school superintendent. Uh, he was on county council for a while and, and actually even was Deputy Reeve for a period of time because he always believed in being involved in the community and, and, and as a believer, shining your light in that place. You know, he, wasn't, he wasn't actually a big advocate of going out and starting your own thing, doing your own thing. And we all recognize there's times to do that, and even my dad would recognize that. But for the large part, um, he just believed you should get involved with what's out there, so to speak, what's structured, and, and go in there and, and, and move amongst those people and shine your light. And so my dad imparted that to me in regards to relationships in life. It's important to just... You know, get in there and be who you are in Christ in your relationships with one another. Um, and, of course, and that's relationships with, with one another, but, of course, relationships with our Heavenly Father. And one thing I saw in my dad, uh, there'd be times where, you know, maybe the door of his bedroom would be open a crack or something, and I would see him kneeling beside his bed at night before he went to bed. So I knew he was a man of prayer. And, of course, we had mealtime prayers too. But I would see him on his own. Uh, before he went to bed, sometimes I'd see him kneeling beside his bed and, and praying. And that's something that is so important, I know, for us as fathers to impart to our children, too. It's just the importance of that relationship uh, with God. And that's really what enables and empowers our relationships with each other. And it's interesting that when Noah got off the ark, you know, after the flood happened, the first thing he did was he built an altar to God before he built his house because that relationship was the most important thing. And again, speaking to, to, to fathers, you know, us as guys, I think we have this greater tendency. We're very task-oriented, and I know I am. And it's very easy to get more concentrating on the task you're trying to do instead of the relationship with those around you that should be developed. And so... I just try to make a point of that, you know, of, of including my children uh, as I'm growing, as I'm moving forward. I want them to see that God is, is the most important um, in my life. So that's relationship. Next uh, in, in the acronym of, of uh, riches is innovation. You know, as I was just talking about, you know, being task-oriented, uh, is just involving our kids when we are doing tasks, when we are doing projects, involving our kids in that project, you know, teaching them how to be handy. And, you know, we know even more today than in the past, we live in a very uh, technical age, and, and computers are good things, and computers, of course, used the right way can be great servants. But at the same time, they can be very distracting too. And I just think it's so important for us to teach our kids as, as we're moving along, um, the importance of how to do things instead of just jumping into it and trying to get it done myself. So I've tried to really make a point of that with my own kids is, you know, if I'm, I'm doing something like I, I was been building lately uh, gazebo uh, for our back deck because uh, the other one collapsed last winter. And so 
I, I just called Noah and Dustin over and when I was making some cuts and kind of planning part of it, I just took a little bit of time just to explain to them what I was doing and how I was doing it. And there's been a couple times too where I've handed them the drill and just let them, you know, screw some screws or do things, you know, because that's helping them to get handy and, and to learn how to be innovative, to learn how to be creative. Uh, I'm not handing them the skill saw at this point. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure Anita's very thankful for that. She's a, she's a little bit more touchy about those things than I am. But uh, anyways, that's what brings the balance in marriage. Amen. So innovation. Um, so yeah, just, just, just including your kids when, when you're doing things and uh, helping them to be creative, help them to develop that. Um, next one, character. You know, imparting truth, imparting absolutes to your children. I just don't enjoy it when I'm in conversations with people and I've had this, and, and probably you have too, who say, you know, well, I, I, don't, I don't try to impose any uh, particular beliefs on my children. You know, I just want them to find their way. I want them to make their own choices. Well, yeah, they're going to make their own choices, but all you're doing, if you don't do that, if you don't impart truth to them, if you don't impart uh, values to them, is we all know, we all experience peers. We all experience peer uh, pressure and, and, and those things in a relationship. And, and that's just one area. But, you know, peers are going to, they're going to make choices for your kids if you don't impart truth, if you don't impart absolutes to them. And so it's so important that we do that and give our children the building blocks that they need in order to develop character. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9, uh, it talks about, you know, when you, when you sit down and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, it, it says, tell these things to your children. So in other words, as I'm moving along in life, and this is probably, I would say probably one of the key verses that I've used, kind of unknowingly in some sense, but <clears throat> that I've always sought to implement, implement with my children is just when we're experiencing something, I always try to take what's going on in the natural and apply it to the spiritual and, and just bring a spiritual lesson. And so I'm always trying to say stuff to my kids uh, about the Lord by the things that we're experiencing. And really, you know, that was Jesus' method. You know, you see the woman by the well, and she comes to get a drink of water, and he asks her for a drink. And then before you know it, he's got into this conversation about, you know, he would give her the living water. And he turns the whole situation into a spiritual lesson to impart to that woman that actually became something that really drew her to him. And how do I get this living water, you know? And so um, that's something as fathers we need to do. You know, when you're, when you're walking along in life, just turn those lessons into, into spiritual lessons and impart truth to your kids. Something my dad did in my life that imparted truth to me, as many of you know, my background, I grew up on a farm, dairy farm, cash cropping. And my dad always took Sunday as a day of rest. Now, I'm not saying that everybody here has to do that. I, all I'm saying is I believe the word teaches us you need out of every seven days to have a day of rest. Now, obviously, for Pastor Travis, Sunday doesn't work very good for being his day of rest, right? So, but you have to, we all have to have a day of rest. My dad chose Sundays as a day of rest. So that meant even when we were trying to get our crops in, you know, he just chose he didn't do it on Sunday. And if we, if we were trying to uh, harvest hay and... If he had, let's say he had a whole bunch of hay, and this, this happened many times, um, if he had a whole bunch of hay cut down and dr waiting, leaving it in the field, getting it to dry out, and he was wanting to bale it up, say, the next day, and it was going to rain before he could bale it up on Monday, 
he did not bail it up on Sunday. He would just, it would just get rained on. You just wait for it to dry out again the next time. And that was something that I learned growing up. My dad, he had a principle. He had truths that he walked by. And in those truths and those principles, there was sacrifice. I saw the sacrifices that he made. as when I, And you know what? Our kids need to see the sacrifices that need to be made in order for them to really get that truth. You know, we can all stand here. We're all, we're all good at talking, right? But our kids need to hear more than just hear it. They need to see it in our lives. And that's, that's really how we impact and impart truth to them. So that's character, honor. Um, and I would like to say, you know, just going back to, uh, to character again. And my dad, in making those sacrifices, making those choices, he ended up building up really ended up being a multi-million dollar business. That's what he passed on to, you know, us as children. Now, let me balance that with uh, the fact that probably 1990, I mean, a lot of that is tied up in assets to keep the business going, but I'm going to, you know, rough estimate 90, 95% of that, he owned it. The bank didn't own it. So, you know, by, by making those sacrifices he made, and living by those truths of, you know, he just chose, this is my day of rest, I'm not going to do this. You know, God honored that. God blessed that over the time and over the years of his life that he labored away. And God will always bless you. You know, when you hold the truth and you hold principles, and even when there's sacrifice in it, you know, God will honor you and bless you in that. Honor. Um, it's so important that we, we do impart honor to our kids, that we see that that is a value that they need to take a hold of and, and retain. And when we have guests over, say those, say my children don't know those guests. Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a friend over, um, Pan, that I've known for many years, and he came over to our house and visit us. And when he came in the house, I introduced him to my children, and I said, this is Pan. I said, oh, and I said, and Pan loves Jesus, because I want my kids to know that I honor Jesus and that it's important that this person that I know honors Jesus. Now, I'm not saying about everybody that comes into my house, that if they don't, they don't love Jesus, you don't come into my house, okay? It's not that way at all. <laughs> but I just want my kids to know that, hey, it's, it's noteworthy, it's honorable that somebody else loves Jesus. And it's important to note that somebody, uh, that their walk, that their life journey is for Jesus. And I want my kids to honor that. And so I just, I just make a point, just simple and quick, just pointing that out to them. Um, also, you know, when uh, <clears throat> we would go over to their grandmother's house or when they're with their nanny and poppy. So on my side, it's Grammy. On Anita's side, it's nanny and poppy. And so, you know, when we're, we're there, we're visiting for a while, we're getting ready to leave. They don't leave until they give kisses and hugs to nanny and poppy and to Grammy because I want them to learn honor. You know, you, we don't just show up and we don't just leave without saying goodbye and, and just honoring their presence. You know, they might, when they're there, they may not spend a lot of time with them, right? But just to honor their presence, honor that fact that, uh, that they're your grandmother, they're your, they're your grandfather, and, uh, and just their presence and, and what they stand for. Um, so that's honor. Excellence. You know, I want my kids to know it's not about perfectionism, because excellence is not about perfectionism. That's not what God's looking for, and that's not what I want to look for in my kids. I want to encourage them to try things. And there, there's times when my kids don't, they don't maybe want to do something, but I try to encourage them um, not to be afraid, but just to step out, try something new. You know, I, I try to teach them it's better to try and, and fail than it is to fail to try. 
because that's that's how we all grow, right? That's how we learn. And so I want to teach them that 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 thing of just being just stepping out. Just just give it your best. You know, something new, you've never done it before, just step out, just give it your best. That's excellence. Another aspect of excellence is for myself as a father is willingly showing myself to them as a father that's not perfect. And when I do something wrong, um, and sometimes Anita will help point this out for me, <clears throat> that if I did something or, or I said something too quick <clears throat> to one of my boys that I shouldn't have to go and acknowledge my wrong. Say, hey, you know, I was, I was wrong for saying that, for calling you out too quick on that, or, or I didn't have the right attitude when I said that. You know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And my kids need to see that in me. That's, that's a part of, of excellence, is being willing to show that I'm not perfect, but that I do seek the perfect one. And that's what, that's what we need to impart to our, our children. It's not that we're perfect, and, and in saying that, I'm not trying to make any excuses either, but but that we seek the perfect one. And so we, we, need to, we need to be open. We need to be transparent with our kids. And that's a part of excellence. And then lastly, servant leadership. You know, serving your kids, I believe, starts by serving my wife. You know, God, he has a godly order in the home. And if things aren't good between Anita and I, then our, my kids are going to feel that. They're going to see that. They're going to sense that. And, and so I believe that, that serving my kids starts with serving my wife. And, and because when there's a peace in your relationship with your spouse, then your kids are being impacted by that. They, they are like reaping benefits from that that are huge. They really are. It's huge. And, and I, I'm just thankful that I grew up in a home where I knew it was safe. Was it perfect? You know, going back to perfection or, or excellence, sorry. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. But there was a safety there, and that comes by serving my wife and, and, and staying at working at that relationship. You know, it, it helps my kids to see that even Anita and I have things to work out, and that'll speak to them that they need to work out, you know, their relationships with other people. I see uh, servant leadership as a father in my home is by protecting them, helping by protecting them. And that's, that's a huge role as a father is to protect our children. And just to mention, one would be helping them to choose, maybe, for example, movies that are good. You know, and, and we try to, Anita and I, we work at trying to point out things that, you know, that aren't good. Or if they see those things come up in the movie, you know, then shut the movie down. Like, don't watch it. So maybe if, if there's stuff in there that's... Um, witchcraft or something like that that's in it like we teach them hey we we're not going to do that we're going to watch that so for example in our home um our standard is harry potter is it's a big no-no now maybe that's not your standard but that's our standard because i don't believe in my kids reading a storyline that to put it simply it's you know harry potter is based on um, all these spells and things that are being cast and it's portraying, it's not just that there, there's a whole thing about spells and that sort of thing being cast, but it's trying to portray that you can do that to accomplish good. And we know from the word that you can't use spells, you can't use witchcraft to accomplish good. It's, a, it, it's an abomination to God. And by helping my kids to say that's not something that's good for them, I'm also helping them to learn to discern between things in life. And, and that's a huge thing that I want to pass on to my kids is, is that as they're getting older, um, I want them to see that, um, that they can discern. You know, they're going to see things in society. And if I've 
said, hey, this is not good and that's not good. Like, just learn just to be aware of that. Um, you know, then as they grow up and start making choices too, they're going to discern and, and look at things and try to seek, you know, what's good and not just be open to, to anything. Something I learned, you know, even long before I, I got married uh, in regards to servant leadership is training. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And long before I got married, I remember the Lord pointing that out to me, just saying, Peter, note that that's train. It's not just instruction. Yes, you know, instruction is something we need to do too, but the Bible really encourages us uh, as fathers to train up our children the way, which means we have to walk alongside them. We have to show them how to do things. We have to take the time to be involved with them in it. And we can't just stand back and just say, well, this is, this is how you do this. Uh, it was kind of interesting, actually, this morning. Um, uh, Anita was trying to, we're trying to get ready for a Father's Day uh, gathering and birthday party at our place after service today. And so we were trying to get the house ready. And so she was encouraging Noah to um, do the vacuum. Well, why do I have to do the vacuum? Why doesn't Dustin do it? I've, I've done the vacuum before. Dustin's never done it. So we got Dustin to do it. But he says, okay, well, Dustin, you're going to do it then. So I said, okay, well, Noah, I said, when, you, when somebody does something for the first time, you have to show them how to do it. So I said, you need to, you need to train J- or Dustin how to do the vacuum. You need, to, you need to help them through it the first time. So, you know, they get the vacuum out, and so Noah starts working with them, trying to train him how to do the vacuuming and that sort of thing. So that was kind of cool. Um, so it's not just father's training, but sometimes you can teach your kids to train each other too. Joshua 10 and 4 in that scripture verse, the Israelites are going in there, advancing into the promised land and taking out a lot of enemies. But the Gibeonites see, they see what's been going on. So they try to come and try to deceive the, um, the Israelites into making a covenant with them, uh, which they do accomplish because Joshua didn't seek the Lord. But anyways, afterwards, some of the other kings around, they see that the Gibeonites, have, the Israelites have made peace with them. And in Joshua 10 and verse 4, um, some of the kings here, we have it up. Thank you, Brian. It says, come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. And I was reading that the other day, just reading through Joshua. I thought, isn't that interesting? It doesn't just say that they made peace with the children of Israel. It says they made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. And you know why that is? It's because the enemy takes note of leaders. And his fathers were leaders in our home. And the enemy's always trying to take out leaders. He's, he, and he'll, he'll seek to take us out as fathers. And so it's important for us to be in that place, you know, where, where we're developing and seeking and growing in our own personal walk and our own personal relationship with the Lord. Because the enemy is, will try to take us out. And, you know, again, Matthew uh, 14, verse 27, and you're all familiar with this, when Jesus was saying of himself, he said that um, the enemy would come and he said, strike, if you strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. And that's true. You know, as fathers, we're shepherds in our homes. And so the enemy is trying to strike us. He's always coming at you in order to get at your kids. And so that's the place that we have as fathers is, is being aware, really, of the schemes of the enemy. You know, some, and some of that can come back to, you know, my relationship with Anita, with us walking together, you know, it's important for us to work at that because those are ways that the enemy is try- coming and trying to strike us 
so he can scatter our children. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's huge. And, and I know some of you here have been through that. You know, you've been through broken family and relationships. And it is what it is. But I'm just saying that it's important that as we go on from the place that we are in life, that we seek to, uh, um, to protect, you know, our children and, and not let the enemy come in and, um, and bring a separation to that. Just two last things. One is I think fatherhood is really hugely about creating good memories for our kids. In Deuteronomy 6, you know, I had mentioned that earlier about you know, when you're walking with your children, when you're sitting down, when you're lying down, impart these to them. And then later on, it says in verse 12, it says, so that uh, you do not forget what the Lord your God did for you when he brought you and delivered you out of Egypt. Uh, in Joshua chapter 4, and when they were going into, when they were crossing the Jordan, and we know that the, the priest stepped in the Jordan and the rivers dried up, and the Lord instructed him, he said, I want you to have a man from each tribe take a, a stone out of the river, and then when you get to the other side, you're going to build these stones, you're going to build a memorial. And it says in verse 24, so that when your children see them in the days to come, they will ask you, what are these stones about? And you're going to tell them about the great things that your God has done for you. We, we need to create memorials. We need to create good memories for our kids that they can draw on. They can always think back. They can, and I think that's a huge thing uh, in childhood is that we create good memories for our kids that they can draw on as they get older. And those of us who've had good fathers, you know, it's for the purpose of bringing stability to society, you know, because not everybody has, not everybody has um, good fathers, has had good fathers, you know. But for those of us who had, just realize it's for the purpose of bringing stability. And, and that's, that's what God is doing is he's seeking to bring a stability, not just in the home, but in, in all of society. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.